Hey, this is Matt Beckwith with the Winning with Beckwith podcast. The purpose of this podcast is to provide sales, business, and leadership information to help individuals in all walks of life. Each episode is unique, and we will bring some of the top leaders and business owners to the podcast to share what they have learned and are learning as well as myself. So thank you for tuning in. Welcome to this episode of Winning with Beckwith. I couldn't be more excited for today's guest is Loren Bagley. Loren, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, man. How are you doing? Good. So everybody should know that Loren is doing a lot behind the scenes with the podcast. He's been here since the beginning, since the launch date. So it's only um, perfect that you get to come on today as a co-host with me yeah, um, to, to talk about a lot of good stuff. And so, you know, the reason reason Loren is on as a co-host is because he monitors a lot of the social media accounts that we have. And he's seen a lot of questions from you guys as viewers, as listeners that have been submitted through social media um, and through other avenues. Sorry, if I could say avenues right, it would be great. So um, we're going to have Loren on today, but I wanted to kind of talk a little bit about Loren other than the fact that you work here, help me out with the podcast. So why don't you tell us one thing that maybe nobody knows about you other than Rachel, your wife? Yeah, so <laughs> one thing is that um, I'm a little bit of an artist. An so, artist? Yeah, I won a um, competition in second grade. I was a young artist. <laughs> I yeah. was not expecting that. <laughs> what, what did you win it for? Uh, so it? I just wrote like a story. Nice. Um, yeah, it was like a little kid's book. And I, I won nice. a Young Authors Award. It was pretty cool. So you're author and an artist. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I had no idea. So I do know that Loren is a, <laughs> a freakishly good athlete. Um, basketball, also played soccer, um, and can still jump out of the gym because yeah. he's still young. Yeah. Those days are long gone for me, <laughs> but Loren's still got it. And so, um, anyways, so so happy to have you on. You're finally in front of the cameras, yeah. um, in front of the mics after being behind the scenes. And so, yeah, we're just going to turn it over to you, and we'll start with some questions that some of the viewers had, and, and I'll do my best to try to answer. Sounds good. Yeah. I mean, they had some great questions, so... Yeah, we'll see what they come up with. Yeah, so let's start with the first one. Uh, what does your sales process look like? That's a good question. So my sales process, um, you know, for what we do here, um, I think that sales in general, and I've talked about this on, on previous podcasts, I think that sales in general uh, has got a bad name uh, from used car sales and, and that type of hardcore sales. You know, the Electrolux um, or the, the vacuum car, vacuum car the vacuum cleaner sales door-to-door -door. Um, it's kind of got a bad name because of the pressure sales right sure. nothing wrong with Electrolux by the way but um, sales in my mind is really just about service right and so um, when you get good service or you provide good service really the sales part takes care of itself and so one story I, I tell a lot of people and I, and I can't remember if I uh, told this on the podcast but I was looking to buy um, a new truck and well, it's a it's a um, SUV, big SUV because I have yeah. a lot of kids. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> um, so anyway, I was looking to buy this, and so I went to a dealership near my house, and I knew exactly what I wanted. So I went and I um, had done my research online. I knew they had what I was looking for. I showed up to the dealership, and they had it on the lot. I said, "Hey, can I take it for a test drive?" And mm -hmm. so the sales guy was like, "Of course, you can take it on a test drive." Right. And so I. I took it out and the guy said nothing to me the entire ride, all right? So I was in a little bit of a situation because my old car had blown the transmission, so it wasn't drivable at all, all right? So I had no vehicle. It was sitting at home with a blown transmission. And so I told him the situation and he said, okay, great, yeah, we'd love to see what we could 
do for you on the trade in for that. Yeah. Um, just call a tow company and we'll uh, have it have it towed to our dealership and we'll have it appraised. So I'm like, all right, cool. I leave and I call one of my buddies and I'm telling him um, what's going on. And he said, you know what? You need to call my buddy over at this other dealership. Okay. Of course. And really good um, conversation. So he says, call this other guy. Okay. And so I call him. All right. It's the same type of car, same everything. All right. I call, picks up the phone. Um, I tell him what I'm looking for. All right. Mm -hmm. And he says, okay, um, come on over to the dealership. So I was literally probably 30 minutes away. All right. I show up to his dealership and he's already moved the car to the back room. All right. Where he had it cleaned and detailed doors are open. Everything's there. I walk in. He's like, Hey, here it is. He walks me around the car for about 10 minutes, points out all the different features. All right. What everything okay. does, all that kind of stuff. Right. It was, it was a good experience. Right. And that was just the beginning. So then we, he's like, you want to take it for a drive? I'm like, sure. So we get into the car and we go out driving and the whole time he's telling me what the buttons do in the inside of the car. And like, yeah, yeah I could have figured it out on my own, of course, sure. right? Yeah. But he explains everything, all right? We get back or in the car, I'm telling him about my, my uh, broke down car sitting in the driveway, right? Mm -hmm. And he's like, <laughs> hey, what's your address? Give him my address and he's like, hey, I'm just gonna send a tow truck out there. I'll pick it up for you bring it back and I'll give you the appraised value this afternoon. Oh, All right. Killed it right so, yeah. So he goes, he picks it up, brings it in. I didn't even ask him what the price was on the car. All right. All it says, I'll take it. And wow. he showed up, he showed up to my office with all the paperwork and the car. And I never had to go back to the dealership again other than that one time. That's amazing. And so it is. And so ever since then, the light bulb kind of went off um, in my mind about sales in general. And, you know, he wasn't pushy. All he did was give me the knowledge that I need, right? Right, in order to make an informed decision. And he also made it as easy as possible on me, right? So those are the two things that I think we try to do here for my sales process. I'm taking it yeah. back to your original question is, we provide knowledge, right? Mm -hmm. So we wanna provide knowledge for our clients, give them options, enough options and enough knowledge that they can make an informed decision for themselves. It's not about us pressuring them to do thing one way or the other. So that's our sales process. Yeah, I love it. That was a long answer. It was. It was, it was one very, question. very informative. Should we wrap it up? I need to get that guy's number. We should probably wrap this up. <laughs> Thanks for joining us. Yeah. I'm just kidding. I think I, I actually use that joke every episode, but <laughs> it's, it's still good. Yeah. So you ready for the next one? Though? Yeah, I'm ready. All right. So how do you differentiate yourself in your sales process? Well, I think that, that what we just touched on there, I believe is what we kind of separate ourselves in, in our world of doing mortgages. Okay. So, and I think that applies to all businesses really. So it doesn't really matter what you do, what your line of work is. Uh, really, it's really just about giving your customers options, giving them the knowledge and then letting them make the best decisions. I mean, in my, yeah. in my lifetime, it isn't just that car buying experience. I had some great sales experiences and that's really all it was. Okay. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So let's move on. Yeah. So how do you help a new business and what is your prospecting strategy? Okay. So we can't disclose this because then all of our uh, competitors will, will know what we do. No, I'm just <laughs> uh, no, that's a really good question. I think as, as the business has grown over the years, um, it's, it's a different way um, of approaching and looking for new business. So in, in my world, in our world, the way we get business is uh, we market towards real estate agents. And so real estate agents typically in our world, 
um, in, in the sales process, they have customers that want to buy houses. So when you go buy a house, right, mm -hmm. typically the first person you call is a real estate agent, right? Yeah. Yeah. Usually, yeah. So the, the real estate agent is then kind of the quarterback in the transaction is the way I look at it, right? They're going to control where they throw the ball, who they hand it off to, okay. right? And so they get to recommend different people throughout the process mm -hmm. that can help their customer buy a house. So if you go to an agent and they're like, hey, who are you pre-approved for your loan? Or are you paying cash? You're like, no, I'm, I'm getting a loan, which most people do. And they're like, okay, well, who's your lender? And a lot of times people haven't gone to that step yet. And so they haven't okay. found a lender. So at this point, um, the real estate agent is, well, hey, listen, I know a great lender, Matt Beckwith over OVM Financial. If you don't mind, I'll just have him give you a call. He can go ahead and get you pre-approved, answer any questions you have um, about it. And so we market towards real estate agents. And so that way they can refer us business. So for us, um, you know, how we look for good real estate agents is, you know, we look with, we want to work with agents that um, we connect with, right? That we all are kind of going after the same thing. Mm -hmm. Like I love to work with agents that um, are trying to grow their business at a rapid pace, that want to hit goals like I want to hit goals. And, and, and that's really what I'm looking for when I'm looking to work with new agents. Okay, I like that. It makes, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, thanks. Okay, cool. So, what else you got? Anything? Yeah, we got we got some uh, pretty good questions coming up after that. So, with everything going into remote, yeah, got this question. How have you stayed motivated in a remote world? Yeah, I think at first it was really a big shock, and so before the COVID lockdowns, I was really a big proponent proponent of doing most of our sales interactions face to face. Okay. And so when we had a client that found a house and they ratified on a contract. At that point, um, we have to go over all their numbers. We have to um, get their documents, usually if we don't have everything. Mm -hmm. And so before, uh, the policy on our team was that they would come in face to face and we would meet with them here in the office. It, right. it just is more effective. I think you build a little bit better relationship with the customer and it's easier for them to kind of understand everything that's going on with the loan. And yeah. so we immediately had to shift from doing that to doing most of those conversations via Zoom or over the phone. And so that number one, um, I think changed a lot. And to keep keep the team motivated, I think was very difficult through that time. And so what we started to do, some practical things, is, is we started to have a team meeting every single morning um, to keep everybody engaged and keep everybody um, moving. Prior to that, we would have a team meeting maybe once a week, maybe once a month. Um, and oh, then okay. every day, Number one, <laughs> for my team, I could make sure that they were out of their pajamas, right? Because I made them, I made them uh, you know, I made them get in front of the camera. No, the top, no right? cameras off. Yeah, I didn't care what the bottom looked like as long as the, right. they had a decent shirt on. This is a true story that I actually had somebody on the team. I'm not going to name any names. Well, um, guess, but he, huh? did come, <laughs> he did come on uh, almost shirtless on one call. What? And then I had to make a team rule that you got to have a shirt on. I mean, he had a robe on, but it was completely open in the front. So... Um, <laughs> He knows who he is. A little pencil so. hair sticking out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So we had to make a uh, uh, a rule that you had to wear a shirt. But honestly, that kept the whole team motivated. You know, during that time, is yeah. like we had to keep them in front of um, in front of the Zoom, keep them engaged. And the other thing I do um, that I did a lot when everything was remote was I just tried to be on the phone as much as I can, not just with my team, but with our customers, and just making sure you were engaged on a regular basis. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Okay, so with that, what was the first piece that you added to your team? Oh, these are so good questions. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's a that's a question I get a lot because you know person. I coach and I work with a lot of a lot of loan officers um, that are new to the business, and really I, I kind of want to just spread it out a little bit to all businesses because I think when you're hiring the first person on your team, I believe that you need to hire somebody that is not good at what you do, and so what okay. I mean by that is um, I'm really good at sales, mm-hmm. right? but I am not good at paperwork, right? And it took me a long time to grow into the organization level that I'm at today. Prior to that, okay. I was a mess, yeah. I'm just gonna admit it, right? I flew by the seat of my pants a lot. And so um, over the years, obviously, I've gotten a lot more organized, but that wasn't my strength at the beginning. And so as a business owner, you have to sit back and you have to evaluate, well, hey, where am I the weakest that I need support in, right? Mm-hmm. And so for me, I needed somebody that was strong in the paperwork side of the business. Okay. If you are an electrician and maybe you're horrible at billing your customers, well, hey, that's the first place you need to start. You need somebody to sit in your office and make sure that you collect your money. Right. (laughs) That's the most important part about your business is getting that money. So you can do all the jobs and handle all the stuff. Right. Um, But if you don't collect your money, that's a problem. Right. So you got to look back at your business and say, hey, where am I the weakest? Am I missing phone calls? Am I not calling people back on time? Like you have to take an honest assessment of where you need the most help at that time. So the question was, what was the first piece I added? And that was it. Organization, basically somebody that could help get the paperwork side of stuff done. Okay, good. All right, and then how do you value or how do you add value to your customers in your industry specifically? Man, I wish I would have looked at these questions before. (laughs) (laughs) Me too. Yeah, no, that's a good question. Um, So adding value um, to to our customers in in the mortgage industry, I really think and I believe what separates us from the competitors. And so from the mortgage perspective, Mm -hmm. the competitors right now generally are online lenders, right, Um, is a competitor and then you know, credit some local credit unions and banks. And so when we look at that, how do we separate ourselves from them? And so I believe that what we've established here on our team and at OVM is really that customized personal service, right? So you're not um, talking to a computer. Um, There's a lot of internet companies that once you kind of submit all your information, um, everything's done online. There's no real conversations happening. If you want to learn about something, mm-hmm. you research it, you Google it, and you try to figure it out yourself. And trust me, Google has some great answers because I use it a lot. <laughs> um, but it's not everything. Right. And it doesn't necessarily give you a custom outlook on your situation. And so having a, a representative that is just responsible mm-hmm. to make sure your loan goes through on time is what separates us. And so um, in our business, when you buy a house, you may have 30 days to close, right? You may have 20 days to close, you may have longer, but there's a ticking time bomb on that contract and it has to be closed on time. So you need somebody on your side that's gonna walk you through that because you got enough to worry about. So you may be packing boxes, you may be getting your kids transferred to different schools, whatever the case is, you got a lot going on. And so the loan part of it should be easy and that's what separates us. I love that. I love that. Okay. We could yeah. probably cut that for a commercial for OVM right there. <laughs> yeah. As long as I'm part of it. So. Oh, you'll be in. I mean, can't get you out. Of it. <laughs> yeah. So I, so I know you close a lot of deals, but when you do, say if you lost a deal, how do you follow up with that client? Yeah, I love that question because I feel like in our world, 
not just our world, any business I've experienced it myself, mm-hmm. um, people get so offended if you decide not to do business with them, right? Yeah, and <laughs> I know for me, like I've worked with real estate agents over the years and they decided, hey, that Matt's team or Matt wasn't a good fit for me and they went and they may work with a different lender now, right? Or a customer yeah, may yeah. come in and be like, you know what? I don't wanna work with you guys for whatever the reason is. And so I think the first step is to let go of that offense Right. And so for me, when I lose a deal or I lose a client, um, I'm simply like, okay, I understand, but I'm here if you need me. If anything goes wrong, I'm here. And I can't tell you how many times that's paid off because guess what happens? It came back. It came back. Not every time, right? But, and I don't have any percentages to attach attach to it, but sometimes they do come back. And if you went the opposite way and maybe you yell at them, hung up on them, cuss them out, something like that, do you think they're ever coming back? Yeah, probably not. No, they're not coming (laughs) back. So I always leave the door open um, just in case it does go bad. If they switch to a different lender, at least they're still going to come back to us. Right, right. That's good. That's good. Okay. So when you have a lot of clients, right? So, you know, like more than you can handle. That happens in my business a lot. (laughs) Yeah. What systems or processes do you put in place for that? Yeah. So that goes back to the organization um, and having one master way of tracking everything. And so um, for you, I know you do... um, you know, the personal training and stuff like that on the side. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we can plug your business here in a second. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm into it at the beginning. But, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, that when you when you have an influx of requests for your services, you have to be able to keep track of that to make sure the follow-up is. So I know for us, yeah. you know, we started using um, a CRM probably about seven or eight years ago okay. um, that just you have to keep track of everybody it has follow-ups in there but basically everybody that we've talked to filters in there and so we know what stage they're in as far as the loan process um so for for somebody like you that owns a business like that um you want to know where they're at in the sales process right and so there's a lot of different systems you could use for that um um, online crms no matter what business you're in right the other thing for some business owners you might just need to hire somebody to help you with that because you know, and, and I'm not specifically talking about your business, but that might be true. And you, when you have so many uh, calls and requests for your services, that usually means that if you can't handle that, that means that you need to either hire somebody mm-hmm. um, or do less because you're going to lose clients if you don't call them back. They're just going to go somewhere else if they really want that service. Or um, you need to just make sure that um, they get called back at some point. And so having an organization system or hiring somebody, that may be what needs to happen in that situation. Yeah, that's big time, especially that do less part, because sometimes you feel like you gotta do more and it kind of makes you not there. Yeah, So. exactly. Yeah, I want to avoid that. For sure. This is another question I really like. um, Would you rather hire or promote? Yeah, that's That's a great question. I I am huge on promoting. Okay. Uh, Very rarely do I like to bring somebody in uh, from the outside. Right. So if you mm-hmm. go down to all, everybody that works on my team, they're all usually personal referrals. You were a personal referral. I was. Right. We played on, <laughs> we played basketball together. And, you know, I was going to say that I beat you, but everybody would know that. So. <laughs> uh, but I know I met him around on the basketball court and just got to know him over the years. And I'm like, hey, we started talking and also we coached the soccer team together. And that was incredible. I, <laughs> that was a good time. Every minute. Um, and so <laughs> we. 
you know, through that, through our relationship, I was like, hey, here's an opportunity that I have here at OVM. I'd love for you to, you know, come and try if it works for you in your life. And so that's really how I always um, hire. And I try to take the team that I have and just figure out what goals they have. Not everybody wants to be promoted, right? But the ones that do want to move up in the different opportunities and different positions, I think as a business owner, you have to give them those opportunities because the very ambitious ones, um, they're going to figure out how to do it. So you you might as well have them do it with you versus leaving you and going to a different company that does the same things you do. So I'm huge on the, uh, on the promoting piece. I love that. That's good. Yeah, I was uh, yeah, I was at the shipyard before I came here. So. Yeah, it's a big difference in jobs. It's a huge difference. I'm so glad I'm here. Thank <laughs> you. <laughs> the shipyard's a good job. You know, I say, like, it's just not meant for everybody, um, but it is a good career. But any type of job like that, when, you, when you're there, um, you either love it or you don't, right? And so, no, we're glad to have you. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. I appreciate yeah. that. So, okay, with the excellence and development is excellence more important or development more important yeah i actually love that question um because i always believe that doing things with excellence is is extremely valuable extremely um important to any business like doing it right the first time and if you don't do it right making sure you get it right is extremely important Mm -hmm. and so I value that. But at the same time, when you're developing people on your team, right, you do. And I'm not saying that you don't hold the same standards. Right. But there is a certain level of failure that you have to allow as a leader for them to grow into that position. So what you have to decide as the leader or the owner of the business is what will you allow? What failure will you allow that isn't detrimental to your Mm -hmm. business short term and long term? And there's certain things you have to give them growth and leeway as they're growing into that position in order to um get them to reach that potential and so when you're hiring somebody for your company Mm -hmm. okay the goal is when you hire somebody they can do a lot of the tasks that you're currently doing today right right or somebody else is currently doing Mm -hmm. today and so i think as leaders i see this all the time when we hire somebody and it doesn't go right immediately, we immediately give up on that person or we give up on the idea of hiring a person. And then what happens? You're back to square one. Oh, I, mean, wow. I see this all the time. Over right. all, It's really something I, I'm passionate about because people yeah. don't give it enough time and they don't right. allow enough um, failure yeah. to be able to wow. get that position or to get that person time to grow and to work, right? And so... Um, it just happens all the time. I, mean, I can't tell you how many people that are it, like the top people on my team, if I had given up on them within the first couple months, right, they would have not been where they're at today. And so as leaders, right. we have to give them time to develop. Um, we still hold a high bar. It's not that we're not saying, hey, we want you to do this with excellence, right? Here's what you did wrong, but you allow them to grow into that. Right, right. That's so important. I remember I had a basketball coach and when he put you in the game, you messed up, you take you right out. So, you know, the buzzer gone, buzzer right back, and you're on the bench. It's like, yeah. dude, can I get my you know, feel for the game, whatever? So, I understand you on that one. Uh, I see that all the time in sports, actually. And so, um, it's definitely a topic that I've recently talked about a lot with my daughter who, who plays soccer. And, and sometimes, yeah. you know, her coach um, can be quick 
to pull somebody out of the game really right. fast right. Um, over over one mistake. And so I don't. I'm not saying that that's bad all the time, but mm. there is certain situations where you got to give them a little bit of time, let them fail a little bit, so they can step into that role that you have them in. That's true, yeah. Because there is no timeouts in soccer, so you got to yell at them or pull them out, right? <laughs> that's true. Sometimes you got to pull them out to talk to them, and then you, right. then you put them back in. So yeah. that's a great question. Cool. All right, so for the next one, what's the difference between leadership and management? Yeah, gosh, these are good questions. I know who gave you these ones. Yeah, as a special person. <laughs> uh, so the uh, the difference between leadership and, and management is is really simple. So I think management, um, to me in my mind, is you're just doing the bare minimum to get the to get the bare minimum out of your people. And leadership, right, is pushing that person to another level that they're not at now, and helping them develop yeah. and grow versus just getting them to do their job. Like where do right, they want to go right. next? Yeah. Right, that's the biggest difference. Okay, yeah, I love that. I love that. So, yeah, I could definitely see you're a leader, not a manager. <laughs> yeah, I try. <laughs> I try. That's Doing for great. Sure. And the last one, uh, what's more important, um, work-life balance or getting max profit in your business? I think, <laughs> well, if you ask me what's more important, is definitely work-life balance. And maintaining um, maintaining that the the priorities in life, right? Which we yeah. talked about actually the podcast with with Tasha and I um, seems to be one of the more popular ones, probably because she's on. Well, and actually that is why. Um, <laughs> Pretty sure she's, that's why. she's <laughs> um, But you know, we talk a lot about making sure your your, pri your priorities are in order, and so you know we talk about having God first, right? Then your marriage. Yeah. Right. And then you have your kids, you know, physical health, which I think is important. And then you kind of get to everything else, which includes work. And I think a lot of times in the United mm -hmm. States of America and other parts of the world, we've gotten so focused on elevating our jobs as our identity. And so when something goes wrong with right. that job, right, then all of a sudden we can tumble out of control and turn to different things. Maybe it's alcohol um, maybe it's drugs, maybe it's it's some other type of addiction because we're trying to to deal with the failure of something that we put so high in our life um, when we shouldn't be elevating it that high. Now, I do think um, you can have work-life balance and maximize your profits. I actually believe they go hand in hand because mm -hmm. when you have work-life balance and you put all your priorities in the right order, the profits and the business always takes care of itself. And I've witnessed that myself um, once I got my priorities in order, because then you do have time to really think clearly. You're not distracted. You're not constantly, you know, in the work that you're able to kind of think long term and you're able to put plans together that you ne wouldn't necessarily have had time to do right. um, if you were constantly in front of the computer doing the job. Right. For sure. Right. Plus, yeah. if you spend time with your spouse, um, I know mine and, and a lot of my friends, they're usually smarter than me anyway, or smarter than us, right? So if I don't spend time with her, then I won't get any fresh ideas from her who help, who definitely helps me. But that's just a side note. I'm hoping she watches this and I just got a couple points. So. <laughs> She's a very intelligent woman. <laughs> yes, she is. Um, but yeah, so is that is that all the questions you have? That's all the questions I have right now. I got some more coming for you. So. Well, that's okay. And I, I think so it's great. Tuned. Um, there was one on here 
that I just looked at, but you didn't ask. I just want to see if it's on here. Yeah, skip it over. Did you want to skip that one? That one? Oh, yeah, that's a huge one. I don't know. Maybe I wanted to save that one for last. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, and this question, what are the boundaries when it comes to spouse involvement in your business? Is there a balance with that or like? Yeah, I think you actually wanted to ask me that. I did. <laughs> we talked about this before. Nah, I skipped so, over that one. <laughs> um, what are the boundaries? I, I don't think there is any boundaries. I think if you're, if you're, you know, you're married and your spouse, I think there is um, whatever information your spouse wants to know about your business, you share and whatever you want to talk about and get off your chest, you give it to them, right? There's really no boundaries within that. Um, okay. As far as the involvement piece goes, um, it really just depends on what else they got going on, right? I would love it if, if Tasha could be up it's here true. more, but you know, we have four daughters and yeah. we got a lot going on with school and sports and church and everything yeah. else that we got. They play. Yeah, yeah, so um, we don't really have a lot of time yeah. or she doesn't have the time you know, to spend necessarily in the office, but she is a huge, you know, I mean, I tried to talk about it on the podcast, but she does so much behind the scenes to help me with the business, um, you know, at OVM and the other things that we're involved in that, you know, you can't really put a time restraint on that. We just try to right. balance it out the best we can and, and keep a healthy marriage. Okay, I love it. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Implement that in mind. Yeah. Rachel was definitely interested in in that question. So. Oh, that's good. That's yeah. good. Rachel's Loren's wife. She's yes. amazing too. So, uh, well, that's good. Well, we're wrapping up um, this episode. Uh, Loren, thank you for coming on. You absolutely killed it. There's one problem now. What's that? I don't know if you guys noticed yet, but he <laughs> outdressed me again. He's got a nice button-up shirt. Not again, but this happened on a previous podcast. So I got to start sending out um, memos. Although you knew I'd probably have a Patagonia on. <laughs> <laughs> So it's all right. It's all right. It's nothing. It, it's better to look better. That doesn't make sense. It's always good to look good <laughs> than work. So, That's you know, true. anyway, so thank you for tuning in today. Again, we really appreciate all the feedback. Any questions you have, um, you know, message us, uh, send us a message on social media, comment, like, please share this with your friends. We're hoping that this is helping you out, helping you guys grow your business. So thanks for tuning in.